Welcome to After Hours Conversations with Veronica, brought to you by Veronica Lane Consulting, LLC. It's with great pleasure that I introduce you to Michael K. Bigos. He's the founder of Focus Branding and Design Solutions, LLC. He's the executive level creative with more than 20 years of experience working with some of the greatest brands in the world and various startups. Driven by his love for the little guy, Michael prides himself in using design to solve your business problem and providing business owners with the best creative solutions possible. Michael enjoys making branding simple and helps businesses navigate the landscape of their brands, products, and services with clarity and focus. Focus Branding and Design Solutions is a brand strategy and design consultancy located in Tampa, Florida. They help businesses position their brand and clarify their message so they can get noticed and grow their business. In addition to his primary functions, Michael has been instrumental in helping international brands, companies, local businesses, and startups amplify their voice, clarify their messaging, and position their brands for growth and scalability. Michael hosts a podcast called Branding Made Simple, available on Google, Apple, Spotify, and Anchor, and has been featured on various webinars and talks since launching Focus Branding. Michael is also a sought-after speaker who enjoys holding keynotes and group workshops where he shares both design and brand thinking philosophies, relevant and actionable branding insights, and formulated business solutions. Michael is a U.S. Army veteran, comes from a proud military family of combined 66 years dedicated service, and is a husband of 21 years and a father of two children with his wife, Sophia. Let's welcome Michael. I get to have a conversation with Michael Bigos of Focus Branding. I'm so excited. Um, We actually worked together. It feels like we were working together for a good six months, Michael. Does that seem about right? Yeah, seems about right. Yeah, about I I, uh, I stopped counting, but, you know, we just just tied a knotted and held on. (laughs) You know what? Because that's what's necessary. Especially yes. when you're dealing with a project manager, because I know that I'm not um, always user friendly. But either way, <laughs> I was able to actually do a full rebranding from the concept to the colors to how I feel about me, how I feel so my clients feel about me, what what they've been saying, what words are tied to me. What colors? I found something out during that discovery process. But from the beginning to the end, there were steps, there were processes, there are things that that we went through in order for us to reach a completion that I'm extremely proud of. And I'm honored that I was able to work with Michael, but he is with us. I, I wanted to make sure that I was able to socialize him with our team, I will call us our team, with our team, because 
I want everyone to know all of the great people that are a part of my life. So, Michael, welcome. I'm happy that you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm always thrilled to be able to chat with you. Always a real great conversation. So I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you once again on this platform. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. So when we first started talking, I wanted to learn more about you. So I was I was that person who tried to get co-signers. Yeah. yeah. I said, okay. so should I give him my money? Yes or no. And Mm -hmm. if I should, what is it that I'm going to get from this? So as project managers, there's usually something called a governance meeting. Most organizations have some sort of a governance meeting where they think about the initiative that they want to pursue. They're going to Mm -hmm. think about what this business case is. Is there truly a reason for it? And then they're going to talk to the executive team to figure out who should move this project forward. In lieu of an official executive team, I reached out to those that knew Michael. And I said, okay, is he the right person (laughs) for this job? Governance team? And they said, absolutely, absolutely. So what I'd love to do, Michael, is to provide you with the opportunity to say more about you as well as your company um, so that everyone else knows how awesome you are. So please do. Sure. Well, again, thank you. Uh, I feel so different on this side of the table because, you know, I was normally providing you with an opportunity to call and and drill you down a little bit. So um, I'm always happy to talk about myself and as it pertains to branding, helping others. But yes, it's my company that I started just last year. It's called Focus Branding Design Solutions, LLC. Um, I've been doing branding for a greater part of almost 25 years now all over the world. Um, I started as a graphic designer, as most of us do, and uh, found that that wasn't helping clients, you know, scale or grow their business. So over time, I realized I really wanted to help small businesses. I really wanted to provide value to them at an affordable cost and something they can walk away with feeling very assured and confident that they can indeed get noticed and grow their business. So that's what led me to to try to specialize in branding. I had been doing it since 1999 or 2000 um, when I started doing logos, if you will. Um, And while people still ask me for logos, I just find an opportunity really great to help people get clarity, find visual verbal clarity. And with work, even with working with you, um, as I always said, you always help me learn more. That's, that's a cool thing about what, me working with Miss Veronica Lane. But um, I really learned a lot more about um, even how to bridge the gap better in certain instances, uh, whether it be process, whether it be protocol, whether it be documentation, or 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 just you know providing a list of assets so that way we can both be successful. So um, that's what I'm doing now. I'm helping small businesses, entrepreneurs, nonprofits alike get verbal visual clarity, understand the really the, the big significance behind why they need a brand identity system that's going to also be coupled with their marketing efforts and dollars, and then how they can actually use that to go, you know, get out there in the marketplace, grow, sustain, scale, and uh, and really you know, be, be valuable to their customers. So yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Well, we as project managers are always in the branding phase. We don't ever yeah. leave it. This is yeah. this is where we live. So we have different specialties. Mm-hmm. At one point in time, my specialty was foreclosure avoidance programs because that was a thing. And so 
we just wanted to make sure that we cause people to be able to remain in their homes. So how how can I do that? Now, to, to do that, you have to have a particular personality. Not everybody can <laughs> okay. take on other type A's, right? Because when you're talking right. about money and financing and mortgages, you really have to think about how am I going to address this particular target market and the people who are behind the scenes that are doing it, we're kind of drivers. We're we are driver type A personalities. It's it's yeah. not for the for the week. <laughs> it's not for the faint, no. Mm-mm, not even a little bit. So when you're working with the different personality styles, you also need to know what kind of personality style you are, so yeah. that you know what is your ideal project, what is your ideal client. Who are your ideal stakeholders? Because it's not as if we're just casting out a net and whatever comes back, comes back, which is a part of why you're so good at the branding, because Mm -hmm. you help us figure out what our target market is, as it is compared to our personality style and who we are trying to bring in. Yeah. But most people don't ask you what yours is, right? No, they don't. They don't. Um, and I, it's funny, I'm, I was literally listening and thinking at the same time, if that's possible, um, about what my personality type would be. And I honestly, as I as I reflected like in a, like milliseconds, I said, I think my personality types are the, the, the alphas because I love. Let me say it. I don't shy away from confrontation. Um, I think confrontation is kind of a a, a building block or or a starting point for synergy. Um, and you know, you and I working together, I quickly picked up our very first call. She's an alpha, and I said, "It's funny because I think in life, um, if we're paying attention enough, when we get out into business, doing business on our own, we've we've either been groomed for a thing, uh, we've we've ran away or shied away from the thing um, based on." whatever negative emotions are attached to that. For me, my mom, I told you this when we were working, I didn't think anybody could could could, could do me any harsher or stricter or, or direct or bluntly as my mom could. And um, military for me, when I was in the military, was a cinch because I was like, well, if a dream yells at me, it's not going to be like my mother. So I'm good. So I, I never shy away from alphas um, because I believe there are hard conversations to have. However, they're not combative. They don't have to be. But they are necessary, but they also are definitely hard because we're alphas. We we have a strong personality, a strong conviction. Um, we, you know, we're thinkers, uh, we're doers, uh, we're motivators, we're innovators. All those things we inspire people to do and, and, and take action. So because of that, sometimes if you slap two of them together, you think you are oftentimes you're going to have this explosion, nuclear thing going on. But if they know how to communicate. And they really know how to find um, a way. Then I think what happens is what happened with you and I. And, and as an example, you know, two strong personalities come together, both led by their convictions. I understood where you were coming from. You understood what I was presenting, and we found an opportunity to be successful together in the journey. And you know, I let you do your job, and you inspired me, and you allowed me to do my job, and that was inspiring. And I just wanted me to, you know, it prompted me to want to do it more and more effectively because I'm like, well, I can't half step with Veronica, you know, and because she can't half step with her clients, it can't be haphazard. So I thought I felt I owed it to you um, and people like you 
to to really give it even more than maybe when I anticipated, you know, from the onset. So I enjoyed it. I think I told you a couple of times. I enjoyed it. I miss it already because not everybody is like, you know, us in that sense. So, yeah, sorry. I'm rambling on because it's such no. a good thing to talk. It is well, cool. Well, when we work with our stakeholders, this is what we have to figure out, right? Yeah. Because we yeah. know, okay, in, in the big picture, not like our business relationship, mm-hmm. but usually project managers aren't paying these people yeah. and they're not writing their reviews, yet they have yeah. to figure out what that common ground is to mm-hmm. push this particular mission forward. So the fact that you were in the, the military, and, and I'm sure that you've heard this several times, mm-hmm. I do thank you for your service. Um, I also come mm-hmm. from a military family, so I I know what that lifestyle could potentially be. So there are sacrifices. And with those sacrifices, though, you're also able to bring people to where they need to be, get the ideas out of them, and point that towards their desired end result. So that brings us to business requirements. Yeah. As your branding, big picture, you had mentioned maybe the logos, but you know that it's not just the logo that's going to take this particular client to the finish line where they want to be. How do you socialize the existence of more things that you know would be helpful to that person because you're truly adding to their scope? They they thought that their project scope was going to be the logo, but yeah. you have actually said, well, your, your project scope is a little bit broader than that. How do you socialize that? How do you in, introduce it? When I thought I was going to pay for this and now you're saying, well, actually yeah. you need this, 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 and a third. How do you do that? Yeah. Um, over the years, um, you know, being in the military, I had to, and then becoming a, co- a government contractor after that, it grew me personally able to, or have to present design and you're presenting design to minds that are very, uh, stringent, you know, and very mission-minded, mission-oriented. They've got a number of different things that they've got to take consideration. So what that did for me, in part, was help me understand that there are problems that they're trying to solve. And while they, a lot of times clients, especially young entrepreneurs, and I say young, meaning not age, but just young at entrepreneuring uh, or small businesses, they often self-diagnose. And they, they call and say, hey, I read enough books, I watched enough webinars, seminars, whatever, and I was like, I, here's the problem that I think I have. So I've learned to where I was a graphic designer, I would just be an order taker. And I say, OK, tell me what colors you want. Tell me what fonts you think you're, you're thinking about. Tell me the type of things that inspire you. And again, after so many times of doing that, I realized that doesn't help them. Um, I can sit up here and talk about me and my accolades, but you as a client, you're not really interested in that so much as you are if I can help you. So like you and I started out, you came to me and says, hey. Here's what I've got. Here's what I'm looking to do. I says, okay, great. I still know the bottom line is even if people that are first in their business, there's still things that they probably aren't thinking about. So socializing these things in these moments is just being willing to be the prick, if you will, and and, and ask the one more question, uh, get the more information. So that way I can understand what really is the problem you are trying to solve. And 
am I number one, am I the person to help you? But number two, if I am, then what? And then how? So much like project management, where I've worked with great project managers and not so great project managers in these same um, um, you know, uh, climates, I realized that sometimes the questions aren't being asked. So part of the reason I got out of the military, Veronica, is because I realized there's a better way to do things. And I feel like I can offer that way. If I can't, then I move on. But being able to get them from here's what I believe I need to, oh, wow, I didn't think of it like that. Oh, you know what? Thank you for helping me see it a little bit deeper or more. That's where, for me, the real benefit comes and the joy comes because, yeah, I can design all day. You know, there's other people that can design just like I can better than I can. But helping them understand where they're going to get the most from the engagement with me is where the values lies. And then we start talking about money comes this, this, this thing that we have to talk about, but it's not is the thing that's going to be the deciding factor anymore. And that's a beautiful thing because a lot of times owners especially don't have a lot of working capital. So because I know that, then, okay, what are we going to do? And I'd rather spend time doing that than, okay, I can do your logo. Yeah, but what do you need? <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a fun process, but um, it's a painstaking process as well at times, depending on who you're talking to. I can only imagine. I can only imagine, yeah. right? Because <laughs> when you have all of these different stakeholders and they self-diagnose, just like you had said, but yeah. you're focusing in on what the root cause, you're you're doing a root cause analysis. Yeah. You yeah, are yeah. doing the root cause analysis and yeah. you're also paying attention to what the constraints are. So yeah. you have the budget or the money part mm-hmm. of things. You also mm-hmm. have the resources or the people side of things. Yeah. But you time. also have the time, <laughs> right? The, yeah. the time, time part of it. So I know as a project manager that there is a inverse relationship to those constraints. So if we don't have all that much time, then it's probably going to cost you more because I need to bring in more people, right? Okay, so money is never the driver to getting something done. Money is the byproduct of what you just said that that you want it to do. So when you socialize it in Mm -hmm. a way that they get it and like, well, you, you want this, based on our conversations and that want equals this. So now you're moving forward. I always like to think about things within that scope, right? Because you, from our conversations, you Mm -hmm. are still separating yourself from project management. But I tell you what, everything (laughs) that you ever say is exactly what project managers do, right? So some of us have the title and some of us don't, but we're doing the thing. So when did you find out that you're actually a project manager, even though you don't give yourself that title? I think it was only you told me. No, I'm just teasing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) When when Veronica stamped me, I said, okay, I am in. Um, I I can't exactly recall, to be quite honest, 
I again, when when you're in a big project, when you know, again, when I was government contracting, we had multi million dollar contracts and, and projects that we were working on with sometimes small, sometimes big teams. And as you mentioned, there are all these, you know, the, the burn down rate was the was the big old thing. You know, how much money are we going to spend in this period of time and for the deliverable? And I observed, I observed a lot only because every time I was, you know, in these opportunities of, of contracting, I was always trying to pull out, you know, what I could use when I was going to jump out there and do my own thing. And so I don't know exactly when I kind of had the unofficial title of project manager outside of just in small teams. Um, I had to be cognizant of budget. I had to be cognizant of people, resources and time and deliverables. And, you know, okay, if this is a time sensitive thing, everyone generally wants to pull this money, you know, the money tag and put the money tag on it. But the reality is, is that um, latter or in, in the latter part of me doing this, I realized there's a, there's a big gap in symmetry of, of, of logic. And what do I mean by that, Rock? I say, well, I asked the question on, on social media just yesterday and I got some interesting replies, but I says, Hey, when you're looking to hire or, or, or you know, build a project out or hire, hire a designer, what are, is your ultimate determining factor? Is it money? Is it time? Is it, is it value or, or the relativity to, you know, the project you're doing? Um, or again, is it, is it time, you know? And people said budget. I says, okay, well, that sounds risky. You know, you, when you and I talked, I gave you, I believe I gave you tears. I said, okay, hey, based on what you're saying, we can do this, this, or this. You decide as a client, you decide as a team, you decide sometimes as, as the other end of the receiving of, of the deliverables, what's most valuable to you and how much, how much you want to pay for it. And I say symmetry of logic, because I look at society and, um, and you know, men will buy 200 sometimes $300 sneakers, right? Women will sometimes buy two to three to five hundred to twelve hundred dollar handbags. Um, we'll buy things that we value for a reason, you know, whether it's self-esteem, whether it's prestige, whether whatever. But when it comes to our business, we sometimes put the cap on it and we say, well, I don't value that maybe because I don't understand its value or because I don't quite understand, you know, how this plays a factor into what I am doing. So being a project manager in the light is understanding, I think at every turn you can possibly fathom, you know, what does this add to the project? What does this take away? What impediment does this bring? What, you know, what helps to expedite this process and finding ways to do that? So whether it's a web project or a branding project or we're, we're, we're crafting some type of um, uh, infograph to, to communicate an idea or process, doesn't really matter. You just have to understand it holistically as possible and, and realize that even within you and I's one in one engagement, you know, I'm the service provider, you're the client in these, in this instance, I always approach it like a partnership because I have to give and I have to receive. And if there's an equal healthy exchange going on in the project management process to where you're getting information, analyzing it, then, you know, pushing out something else to help the team along, you're going to find that you don't have to dictate. You don't have to, you're going to have to have other people around you that know a little something different than you do for everybody to be successful. And that's what you did even for me in this small engagement that we had. I told you before, I'm learning as I'm, as I'm servicing. And that isn't always the case, you know, um, when it is, it's delight because, wow, I feel like this is great. We're both winning, 
And uh, everybody wants to win. Nobody wants to lose, you know. So no one wants sorry that. that was, it was just, sorry that was a little long winded, but yeah, that's that's no. uh, it's so it's so vitally important, you know, as as I've learned. So well, I'm as 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 we work through all of the projects and we and we deal with different clients, we we said that we have our ideal clients, and yeah. we have those that aren't ideal but we can manage anybody right because that's yeah. that's just how how we are we have our type a's we we have our type a's we always work within the limitations of whomever we are speaking with right because if you go outside of that then they'll be uncomfortable and then you won't be able to move forward yeah it's not only their personality styles though right <laughs> we also not. have to figure out okay well are are they used to speaking to mm. a person mm-hmm. who is the opposite gender as them? Yeah. Are they Ooh. used to speaking to a person who's the same gender as them, right? Because we also have those implicit biases that are in in place too. Yeah. When it when it comes to your industry have you had to deal with or encounter those types of things and if so how did you navigate it sure um do we have time for a short story of course we do okay so the last the last as i recall i think the last contract i took i was working at u.s special operations command here at mcdill air force base in tampa and there was a, and long story short, this was at a time where Osama bin Laden um, was still at large and they were you know, closing in on his location and the whole SEAL Team 6 thing was going on. But this was right before that. The government has spent a lot of money, billions, to assemble these, what they call operation planning teams. And the long story short is, is that they had stood up a quite a number of them and they didn't have success. And they brought in this one last this effort colonel. Um, to say, hey, this guy's got all these accolades. He's a guru this way and that way. And we want him to come in and lead this last OPT, as they call it, Operation Planning Team. And he's going to have success. So he solicited our media team to provide him with some media solutions. Um, and in the midst of it, we did this presentation and all that. And I know the colonel types, the big brass, as we call them, you know, the guys that are that, you know, 25 plus years in the military, they, you know, we call them green suitors, they're still wearing a uniform. I know the type, they're very strong minded, they're strong willed. And a lot of times, um, you know, being a minority, there a lot of times they're, they're Caucasian. Um, and that's just the way the system is. So I know that as a contractor, I'm up against a number of different things to even have a voice. But again, I just talked about my mother earlier. Uh, my mother was a retired master sergeant in the army and her last station was at the Pentagon. So I had a strong black woman who was a, a real professional that I that I had the pleasure of listening to uh, and, and observing. So I knew that there was a way, right? So anyway, uh, in the midst of all this, the, the opposition that I had in talking with him was saying, hey, sir, you know, I knew the protocols. I said, may I speak freely? He says, well, absolutely. I says, you, you need a, and this is a grant, this is the U.S. Special Operations Command. I said to him, This is my first big epiphany of like, oh, I can do this. You know, I said, Sir, you need a brand. I said, Right now, you're all over the place. You have this initiative, that website, this website. I said, Nothing is aligned. 
I said, you need one umbrella, like a city group, where there's all these different things that are going on, subsidiary companies under there, but it's all managed up under one umbrella. You need that umbrella. And the funny thing is that there was a, a command sergeant major that was standing behind him in this room, high-ranking officers and, and, and enlisted uh, high-ranking government service uh, professionals and contractors. And here I am, the lowly contractor, a black contractor at that, if, if you will, ha- having this 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 moment. And the command sergeant major says, who's this guy? Literally, out loud, who's this guy? And uh, one, of, one of my supervisors said who I was. He's like, okay. So he listened, you know, begrudgingly. Well, would you know that fast forward, um, I was actually had the opportunity to not only share that with him, but he says, come on downstairs, talk to my people, explain to us in detail what you're thinking, and we'll see what comes of it. So I did that. I led this campaign. This was a 99 country um, uh, campaign they did at the Tampa Convention Center. I was the art director for the whole thing. We splattered the convention center full of you know the new insignia we had designed. We did DVDs and videos and we did all kinds of things. And I got to lead this charge. And then he went on, this same colonel, Veronica, went on to start another initiative. This was called International Special Operations Forces Conference, ISOF, you know, military loves their acronyms. He started the Global Special Operations uh, Foundation Alliance. Uh, they weren't having success with these countries before of aligning them. But once we did this and prevent, presented them with a literal brand, streamlined idea, thought way ahead, they're like, OK, now we're on board. That happened over the course of 12 months. So the power, you know, of voice is important. The power of brand is even more important because it it has the ability to align where otherwise you you may have been amiss. So, yes, confidence is one thing, sure. But when you really believe in the way, like, for instance, in project management, we really believe that, no, if you get these things in line, we can be successful. I believe if we can just streamline this narrative, we can be successful. Um, I didn't really care about the alignment of the countries. All I cared about was branding. But I was able to pitch it in a way to where it made sense for them and solve their problem, which is, again, it wasn't about, hey, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, I'm a really great designer. No, you have a problem. Here's why I believe the solution is. Here's how we can do it. And yes, without how is almost irrelevant. So being able to speak to someone that has a, contradicting point of view or or just kind of disposition don't be limited in that and think that that's an impediment to you that's an opportunity not to shine but that's an opportunity to shine light on i believe and um, that's the story the rest is you know as they say history but it was a good history (laughs) and it was a fun process oh man we had so much fun doing it and uh, learned a lot too so that's cool very good because how it started off it sounded as if there was a bias of that person. Well, who is this guy? Oh, yeah. You know, who, yeah. who is this, right? But how you socialize it, the words you use, knowing who your audience is, and it sounds as if you would you would start it off with where you believe that they wanted to go. And, yeah. and these are the obstacles that are prohibiting you from getting to your desired end result. So communication is huge in the big picture. There are a lot of people who don't get the offer, not because they don't have the knowledge. 
Yeah. But it's it's because of how we communicate, how we share what we know. There there is our technical side, mm-hmm. right? So we know how to do all of the things. Yeah. But who you're talking to, it's it's known that you know how to do all of the things because you would not be a part of that conversation if you didn't have that. Yeah. But you're working with people. People, yeah. Keyword. And we have to figure out how to communicate with those people. Now, I I know that my cadence when I speak is different. When I'm out traveling and I'm teaching, I cannot share with you how often someone will ask me what country I'm from. (laughs) Where, Where are you from? Because we were talking about it and it seemed as if you're from Europe. Are you from Europe? I'm like, you know what? I get that so often that I just have to ask you, so why do you think I'm from Europe? And they said, well, because of how you end your words. Your words end up. They don't Mm. go down when you speak. They actually go up. I said, interesting, because I never thought about it. This is just how I speak. This is how I communicate. But when you're in front of other people, they're paying attention to things that you probably have never paid attention to about yourself. Has someone else provided you with that aha moment? Like, I didn't even know I did that. I have the nickname of the bishop. (laughs) Okay. I I can at times sound, um, for better lack of words, preachy. Um, I I guess the way I made them feel, and it's it's not even a whole lot of people, but and the people that have been brave enough to share with me, I guess, um, they they, they say, yeah, you know, it feels like that that uncle uh, or that deacon or that bishop in the church, you know, where it's like there's this cadence and there's this influxion or defluxion. And and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I tend to mumble as, as I get kind of in my mode. I tend to mumble. So I'm always having to remind myself to, to, to you know, project, especially when I'm giving talks or different things. Um, but yeah, I, that's that's about the consistent thing that I've heard, Veronica. Is like you know, bishop, <laughs> preach like bishop. Like, are you are you a pastor? I'm like, no, I'm nobody's pastor. That's for sure. <laughs> um, nobody's pastor. But uh, but I mean, I take it. I take it. Um, I appreciate. It, let me say it like that. Only because if if I make you feel that comfortable um, in the moment, we're talking about your business. Uh, I want to encourage your audience as well, you know, knowing what I do know about how and what you do and who you do it for and with. Um, there are some young folks out there, and I say folks loosely, but there are some young professionals out there that um, feel as though they don't have enough experience or they don't have the wherewithal and, and who am I? And again, my story is like, well, this is, we were known as dirty contractors, you know, where I was like, well, the fact of the matter is that if you really understand who you are, where you are and what you're doing, you realize that, well, if you guys could do these jobs, you wouldn't have needed to hire us, right? But not in a prideful way, just in an assurance way. So the people out there that are listening to these podcasts, um, I the message I would give them in these moments is, you know, <laughs> be brave, you know, be, be bold. Um, every journey has a beginning, you know, and there's a, there's a path into the unknown. And if you're willing to just take one step, like one, just, I'm going to raise my hand this time. I'm going to object. Uh, I'm going to share what I believe the solution is. I got a saying that I say all the time, Ronica, is like, if you have the solution, say so, um, period. 
And it, it, it may not be the solution at the moment. Maybe it's like, oh, okay, you don't have enough insight. Sounds good, but not now. But trust me, those moments are are stamped. They're, we put them in the gut, just kind of let them take root a little bit and, and kind of fester and, and grow a little bit. Definitely have confidence in, in why you signed up to be a project manager because you do the world a little bit differently than others. And that's important. That's valuable. Don't minimize it, you know. And like I said, working with you, I gain a deeper understanding beyond, you know, beyond the literal and practical project management experience of being on a project. I got to understand more about the people, the humans, right? And um Heuristics is a real thing, as we know, but in each industry, I want to say focus not on um, the, the task itself, but if you spend more time trying to understand the problems, you're going to find yourself asking questions to problems that people didn't even know they had. And therein, to me, lies the, the little pot of gold where now that all of a sudden you're getting called into a meeting where the rest of your peers are not and uh, they're going to say, well, what's so special about Jane? Well, Jane knew what questions to ask or knew how to ask or when to ask those questions to understand a bigger picture or a deeper root, rooted thing. So, I love that. Those are, yeah, those are exciting times. When I can ask, I always ask, Am I, is there something I'm not asking you? Because, man, I, I like to drill. I like, I like to ask, I want to get into your pocket you know, not not your not your money pocket. I want to tell me your back pocket. I want to get into where you're the thing that you're not so quite assured to say. I want that to come out because therein will lie the root of what we need to be trying to tackle. So excellent. Yeah. And and you're you're getting to know the people. Right. Yeah. So when you know who you're working with, you can find ways to service them to yeah make them better, right? Most people, and there's something that my father has always said, is like, no one wants to work with someone who complains, (laughs) criticizes, or condemns. So they don't want those three Cs. So if if that's a part of your personality, then that would be something that you would want to put to the side because are you taking someone's energy or are you giving them energy? There's a shift that takes place when you're in that leadership role than when you're in that frontline role. When you're frontline, you're getting getting the energy from whoever is leading. But as soon as you get into that leadership space, now you're the energy giver. And how much energy are you providing? How do you want them to show up? How do you want your project to go because you want them to focus in on that desired end state, which is what you talked about in the beginning, right? When we were figuring out what what is in scope, what is out of scope, what is your root cause? How how can I give you what you need? It almost sounds like we're all in sales. Not only are we in project (laughs) management, but we're also in sales. So what do you have? What do you like about what you have? If you could make it even better, what would that look like? And then you take a look into your Dora or Diego mm-hmm. backpack and figure right. out, okay, well, what, what are the things that I have? And now I'm able to provide that yep. to you. So yeah. I, I would also like for you to share with our listeners and our viewers, 
what was the thing that you said, this is really hard? This is a hard project. This is a hard thing, but I know I can do it. I just have to think of myself in a different way. So that other aspect of me shows up because people are watching how you maneuver the uncomfortable things. Sure, we have our our ideal clients, but we also have those that we still want to work with, but it's more of a challenge. So what was that time when you had to do a shift in yourself so that you could show up even though whatever you were currently doing was not your choice? Yeah, I, um, I've got mixed emotions about that one. Oh my gosh. Um, there is a time where I had a project. Uh, I was being asked to do something very, very unorthodox and challenging where it brought me to a place, you know, we say it brought me to my knees. Well, it literally brought me to my knees. I had to pray. <laughs> um, but also something that you said to me reminded me of something that you were saying, saying earlier. And I wanted to say before I forget we focus a lot in business world, um, especially as entrepreneurs, on on a target audience. Like, I want my ideal client, and I, of course, drill my clients as well. And I say drill with with you know compassionate love to focus in on trying to get an ideal client. I'm learning, or I've learned, or I guess I'm learning still that I find much more fulfillment and challenge in finding ideal problems. Um. Clients to be fickle because people are going to be polite and polite sometimes equals false narratives. Um, whereas transparency and vulnerability, you know, can kind of equate to courage and, and, and just growth. I'm finding more that I mean, I want my ideal problem. I want to solve the ideal problems in an organization or culture or particular brand. But to address your initial or the question, I was asked by my employer to, um, to design a, a flyer for the community, but a specific audience in particular. And basically it was, it was pimps and prostitutes, traffickers. And inviting them into, I was working at my church at the time, and uh, it's inviting them to church. We want everybody. Sure we do. Um, but how do you invite such people, right, without being offensive or turning them off in many different ways. So I had to dig deep within myself and find a place I've never been to in design world. And I say a place, meaning the most empathetic empathetic and non-judgmental place I could be to communicate an invitation for something that we believe as an organization would help change your life forever. Um, And we did. I kept the flyer, printed it out, and it was the most, it's still to this day for me, the most challenging project that I've had because how do you communicate very abstract, you know, and unseen things in a very tangible, touchable, visible world, right? How do you do that? Well, therein lies the superpower, as we say nowadays. My superpower, my superpower is to be able to see the unseen. I I can visualize things. I see in like Google images, you know. Um, when people say things, I see things, and not, not like like not like this super epiphany thing. But no, I, I really see images. So those are the type of challenges for me. Where again, it's not about the audience; it's about the problem of a gap of communication. There's there's something in between us, like space and opportunity, and 
you know, an invitation, if you will. How do you invite a person to a place where they otherwise would maybe want to go, but never would go? That was hard, but we did it. I did it. And I was thankful that I went through the process because, again, what I pulled out of there was mere but passionate empathy um, for 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 people that I otherwise wouldn't associate with. So I love that. I I could only imagine the challenge that would be tied to that because there's a there's a social stigma to all of it. Yeah. But we're all people and we all go through changes that other people might not go through. Some by choice, some by the environment where they happen to be. But either way, we are still trying to figure out how to communicate with everybody so that we can bring other people to that next level. I will tell you that in our workspace, dealing with my particular project, which was mm-hmm. my full rebranding. It wasn't just my logo, wasn't just my colors. No. <laughs> it was cool. all of the mm-hmm. above. And it's been such a pleasurable process. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. that I've actually shared that because I know that I'm more of a an M&M, right? So I have a hard candy <laughs> shell, but I'm chocolatey goodness yes. on the inside. Oh, yeah. Right? but definitely a hard candy shell. So I am blessed because of the work that you did. And I know that my clients are going to be blessed by the services that you've helped me present out to them. And the same thing holds true for the listeners and the viewers of After Hours Conversations with Veronica, is there anything that you want to make sure that they learn from you prior to this episode coming to an end? Please. You have the opportunity. You know, I, I appreciate it. Veronica, you, I, I, I can't say it enough because you, 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 you know, over here spitting game to me and I like it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you and I's engagement, um, it was it was one of the first uh, real, uh, I want to say not long, but it was like the full like the full gamut of um, rebranding that I had done late last year. And um, frankly, I want people to know the importance while Veronica is giving me kudos and I'm so grateful for them and humble. Um you got to know that as an entrepreneur, as a small business, as a, as a, as a just industry professional, you, you got to be willing to go, you know, and jump a little bit. And Veronica pulled me through uh, in times in the process as a professional, you know, and, and that's why I, I like and I deviate a little bit because, you know, the difference between amateurs and professionals is that professionals may show up and do the work. And Veronica showed up sometimes, um, uh, dare I say, uh, you know, as raw as she wanted to be, you know, and says, I'm here. It's nine o'clock, but I'm here and we're going to do this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm here, too. I got on my T-shirt and my ball cap and we're going to get in there and we're going to do the work. And because we committed to the work, committed to the process, committed to the journey, um, it made such an impact on me as a professional and understanding even how to do what I do better for people like you. So I was appreciative of that. 
But one thing I do want to let people know out there, um, whether you're, you know, looking to, you know, capitalize on a big dream or whether you're kind of finding your way through what your dream actually means or looks like, you know, um, I pulled these things because I, I've done it enough with small people, small businesses, small, you know, small personal businesses and, and, and companies. And I've done it for big fortune one and 500 companies and stop. <clears throat> I want to say it nicely, but I want to say it truly. Um, stop basing everything on price. Um, try to find value in what you're doing because you can, as long as I believe as long as you're breathing, you can make another dollar. All right. And it may sound cliche, but I found it to be true. As long as I'm breathing, I can find a creative or intuitive way to make a dollar. But life is indeed short for what it is. So so capitalize on it. Don't make your decisions on your business, especially with, you know, just on money alone. It's important. It's a tool. It's, it's a resource. Yes. And, and you have to factor. It, yes. But why I believe Veronica and I's engagement was very successful is because part of the conversation started about money. And people are relinqu- you know, reluctant to relinquish it because they don't know what is on the other side of what they're going to get for the dollar. They're trying to assess value. Have the conversation, ask your own questions, be willing to sit in there a little bit longer to understand what you're getting and base your decision on value and not just price. Um, that's the biggest thing that I, the conversations that I have with people when it comes to do or not do a thing, whether, whether it's me or not, you know, I don't be neutral, right. As a, as a, as a, as a business and a professional service provider, be neutral. Don't want it. Don't not want it. Just be there, you know, and understand what's going on. And uh, if I leave a, a note in a box, that's probably what it would be. <laughs> so I'm making that. your decisions. On. Yeah. Well, I so, want people to get in contact with you. I'm not shy. So how can they do it? No. How can yes. they get in contact with, with you, ask you more, more questions or try to weigh what that business relationship would look like? How can they do that? Sure. Sure. Um, I have, of course, the professional website, focusbranding.com. That's F-O-C-I-S branding.com. I'm at Focus Branding on social media. On LinkedIn, it's Michael K. Bigos, B-I-G-O-S. Um, and of course, you just you can send me an email, focusbranding at gmail.com. Um, I'm all over the place in a sense. Um, I'm not hard to find, but oh, yeah, I love to answer questions because I like talking about branding. Excellent. So, yeah, thank you, Veronica. I really, really, really appreciate the opportunity. Talking with you, I feel like I'm just, you know, we're just sitting in a bus stop somewhere. It's always cool. <laughs> Excellent. Always well, cool. I'm. I'm so happy that you were able to take the time to speak to me as well as our listeners. I'm thankful for you. I appreciate you. You do great work. And I am sure that we will be hearing lots from you in the future. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for being a part of After Hours Conversations with Veronica. Until next time, I'll see you later. Thank you for listening to After Hours Conversations with Veronica, brought to you by Veronica Lynn Consulting, LLC.